Hi everyone, welcome back to Casual Watch Talk. Today I have a special guest and it's Eve from Alias Eve Watches. Thank you so much for joining me, Eve. Thank you for having me. How are you? Yeah, I'm, I'm good, thank you. I'm actually looking forward to this conversation that we're about to have because it's all to do with watches and social media. So obviously I, my main focus is YouTube, but I've dabbled in Instagram and a few other things. So we're going to delve into that. So this will be good for maybe watch YouTubers, but also people who collect watches that like using social media. But before we start off, I'd love you to give a quick introdu- introduction to your YouTube channel. Tell us a bit about what it's about. It's sort of like a like a video about this, the watches that I've experienced. So it's not a, review, a watch review channel. Like I don't mean for it to become... Um, like I, I don't want to have like a lot of watches to review, but I try to share about watches that I like that I've bought are watches of my friends, my family, and I sometimes put in there like tips or like experiences with with like for example, how many watches is too many, and sometimes I put tutorials in there, so it's just um. My life as a watch enthusiast. And what drew me to your channel is, and I guess the reason why you're wearing the mask today, is that you are, you're not specifically on the channel like a lot of us are. You use this, um, the Memoji avatar as well, which I think is quite cool. So I, I don't want my face to be out there, uh, but I wanted to have a face shown because I think that it's more engaging to see a face so why not use this Memoji? I actually found out about it because of my niece. We were playing around with it. And so after that, it gave me the idea of using this Memoji character to represent me on my videos. So far, it's been well received. I know a lot of the streamers use are using avatars. Certainly in our, our niche, it's unique. And I thought it was pretty cool. Let's go on to the main subject here. So even though you're on YouTube, you didn't originally build an audience on there or that wasn't your main source, was it? This was something I found interesting. It was through Instagram. I started the YouTube channel actually earlier, but I I found that it was easier for me to connect with people through Instagram because um, I guess there was the, the function where you can send messages or interact with people through the stories, Instagram stories. So I think that helped me be able to connect with other people in the watch, uh, watch Instagram community because, you know, people post about their everyday life. I post about my everyday life, what I like to eat, uh, things I find funny, and uh, people react to that. So and we find other people that we have in common with. So, yeah, I think I've made more um, friends on on uh, Instagram than on YouTube. But I guess a lot of people on YouTube are also on Instagram, like SoCal Watch Reviews, uh, Dave Schwartz, P. Ross, Abs Joe Watch Reviews. So I've also mostly talked to them on Instagram. But there's also some, like a little bit of interaction on YouTube. I mainly have built my audience on YouTube. I dabbled in Instagram a little bit, but the problem that I always had with it was I kept forgetting to post on there. I know Mm. now they have this 
creator studio don't they which i think is pretty good so you can schedule it but i don't know if you found this i think it was it seemed to be easier to build a following on youtube in terms of followers than it is on instagram and i'm not sure whether that's just the volume of content that's on instagram or whether it's less easy to discover people i think maybe is it because you started a lot earlier than i did with the watch content thing i think it's harder now on youtube because there's a lot of people to compete with yeah. i guess and the more established ones are the ones that will always show up in the search results in the recommendations while on instagram it's it's still pretty much like tags based on um you post based on the like watches you wear and other people will search if they like the same watch and then and then they like it and then they add you as a and they follow you so uh, that's one way you grow on instagrams by finding people with the same types of watches that you like if we're looking at this from somebody who's maybe just has an instagram account or is starting out on on instagram probably a couple of questions around that first of all who out of all the people that you follow on instagram in the in the watch community who do you think's doing it right who is got the most engaging posts and thing like that because i know there's definitely that balance there isn't there between almost needing a theme to the content that you're posting is there any that you particularly stand out for you one that stands out right now for me is enjoy the watches her name is lydia she's the chief storyteller of mojang studios which uh, makes which made minecraft and she does this photography shot on the first uh, sorry, the, the professional looking shot on the first post. And then if you slide that slide that gallery, there is a tutorial on how to how she achieved that photo. Yeah. Yeah, I like the way she's done this actually. This is brand new to me. I, I could definitely take some tips from there. For people that are just starting out on Instagram, mm -hmm. is there any tips or anything like that of the how you built your following did you have necessarily have a theme in mind when you went into it of perhaps a genre of watches i when i started i was just ran posting random iphone shots um it looked cluttered for sure but later on i started experimenting with different colors like most of my pictures are just back the background i use are clothes different textures different fabrics, different colors. There was a time I wanted to do a rainbow themed gallery with consistent like arm, like straight arm shots like like that. So um, eventually that kind of became tiring because I have to keep changing the, the fabric. Oh yeah. So then I, next I changed it to this gray sweater, which I still use now. And that's the background that I use for my YouTube videos. And that's also usually the background that i use for my watch shots i mean you've got some great shots here are they all are they all using the iphone or do you use a, an slr or? uh this one i use a lumix lx10 it's not it's not a yes dslr camera it's a point and shoot which i guess is like one of the higher end point and shoot so it's just the small camera that i use for traveling and one of the actually one of the reasons why i started a youtube channel was to try to maximize my camera all right just one of my 
my um, I don't know thrifty trying to be trying to make the most of the things that I have. And there's one of the ideas was making a YouTube channel. When you're taking these photos, are you using st the standard settings on the camera, or do you have have you researched Just a lot? Just standard. Yeah. I, I I did take some photography courses, but later on, um, for shooting my videos and shooting the pictures, I don't do like I don't change any of the any of the settings anymore except for the white balance and and then uh when i take loom shots that's when i tinker around with the shutter speed but most of the time it's just on the basic settings yeah it's amazing um i know that i think some of the the best watch youtube channels or the ones that do the best filming are people like adrian at bark and jack who is also really into photography as well because some of the shots that he takes mm -hmm. is like, i would say he was probably on par with Watchfinder, and of course, Watchfinder are using, mm -hmm. you know, black magic cameras that are many thousands of dollars <laughs> with the lenses and everything like that. I think it definitely enhances them. I know this is one thing that I always struggled with when I started out on YouTube was finding the right camera because I'm not naturally into like SLR cameras. I was more when I was at university, I did video production. So I always toyed with that idea of should I use a pure video camera, which I, I actually did do for a bit. I used a Sony uh, video cam. But then you always need an SLR, I think, or, or a similar to yours to do the close up shots. Because that's mm. very hard to do on a right now. I'm still trying to maximize what I currently have. Um, I don't want to buy a new camera just to up my my video uh, quality but i right now i'm trying to make the content as engaging and as snappy as i can to keep the you know the, the attention on the video not too short but like short enough for it to not be draggy dragging yeah yeah that's a that's a real thing that i concentrate on i don't use a to do my macro shots, I don't use a dedicated macro lens. I use these extension tubes. They essentially sit between the the stock lens on the camera and the camera body itself, and that gives enough separation to get the really close-up shots. So if anybody's interested in how I get some of the close-up, the trade-off is that the shot looks blown out towards the edges. So I usually... Mm take it a lot bigger and then crop it in because these are only like $20, I think. Mentioning about the, the length of, of videos and especially Instagram content as well is I think more so on Instagram content. This is something that I haven't perfected and pro probably a good question is Instagram is a very short attention span time window, isn't it? So how do you decide on the videos that you've uploaded how do you decide what sections to put on there and do you edit it even further or are they just straight clips from youtube um i don't post all of my youtube videos on instagram but i only post my watch fam chats series because uh i started that series to be sort of like giving back to the watch community okay so i interview my friends who 
I've interacted with on a personal level, um, even though I've never seen them or met them face to face, just the people that I want to highlight in the community because like I'm very grateful for the friendship. So even though on Instagram, there's no like potential for, for monetization, I put it there because the content is for them, for the people in the community. So I don't want to force them to have to go to YouTube just to see the video. I've invited a lot of people on the channel, especially people on the Facebook group, watch collectors like myself. I think because, and I don't know whether you find this, do you find the fact that you use the Memoji avatars, you also use them for your guests? Do you do you think they're more inclined to come on the channel when they're being a, an avatar of themselves than actually being on, on camera? Yeah, I find that... Um... Like some of them don't want to show their faces or they don't want to do it live or, or like they want to do it rehearsed, I think. And then there are some who just find it super cute and they just want to do it for fun, you know? Yeah, I think that's definitely a, I think that's a really good way of doing it because I'm, I've watched a few of the little chats and the the people that the guests that you're inviting and very articulate, very knowledgeable about watches themselves. But I can see how it's definitely a stretch to then be on video yourself. Because I find this, I know some far more educated than myself watch collectors, especially in the Facebook group and so on, or people that are very educated on a very specific type of watch or a specific manufacturer or brand. But there is a reluctance there. And I think it more stems from the perception of the comments that they might get there's certainly a f i think that's unfortunately stops a lot of people from doing youtube content mm. i'm sure it's across the board in every industry but every sort of genre of youtube video it stops them from doing it because they're worried about the comments that they'll get but i think it's mm. just one of those things that you just deal with and i don't think it happens overly in the watch on watch youtube channels a lot of the real sort of nasty trolling i guess but um maybe it's just oh you, there are some nasty trolls in well at least not on mine because um i don't show like my whole face but i've seen some nasty comments on other women watch youtubers um yeah yeah that's a real shame because it's definitely needs a lot more women watch youtubers i think jenna ellie is a fantastic channel and she's doing really well at the moment speaking of other so we talked about instagram a little bit we've we've delved into youtube but you've had a dabble in other platforms as well i was asking you about tiktok but you've not you don't think oh my that tiktok's yeah. quite ready yet for this type of content tiktok is hard because when you post a video on tiktok it uh, gets shown to a small group of audience and then if it performs well on that group of audience, then you get shown to more audiences and then, and then so on and so forth. But that initial audience that you have, not, not all of them might necessarily be watch enthusiasts. So with niche content or things that are not like satisfying or, or entertaining for the general public, it won't make it past that initial test group of people. So with... With my watch unboxings, uh, tutorials, I could not like get, I couldn't like make it past like a hundred views. But when I posted my Memoji tutorial, 
that's actually still like growing right now. Right now, it has three thousand views, and three I guess three thousand views isn't a lot on TikTok, but it's the most it's the most I've gotten so far ever since I tried TikTok. Yeah, it's. I guess that's because it's a it's something that would appeal to the general public, and it's not watch specific. Yeah, it. If anybody's not familiar with TikTok, I, and, and admittedly, I only started looking at it seriously. I mean, apart from it being a total time burglar, like when you start watching those videos <laughs> on, on on TikTok, it's so quick. It reminds me of there's an old film called Max Headroom. And in fact, they made an MTV TV series off it back in the 90s. The gist of the film was that this guy was a reporter and he was trying to investigate this this advertising company that was making these things called blipverts where it was flashing an advert in a second. He was exposing it because it was making people's heads explode. It was a dark comedy, the film. And that's what TikTok reminds me of because it's so... The videos are so quick cut and they're over within a couple of seconds that your brain doesn't necessarily have time to register what's happening. It's definitely for, it's encouraging people to have a very short attention span, which I think doesn't lend itself to watch content unless you're doing the extremely high-end stuff, like you're there with a you know, a Rolex and like a Lamborghini in the background or something like that. I, I think it's still fine. I don't know. Do you, do you think the same as well? Or You can post aspirational content so that the general population will like, wow, what is that? But if you post nerdy content, like watch geek stuff, it's hard. But it did teach me, like there, there are some skills that I learned while on TikTok that I've applied to YouTube, like making editing very snappy, adding music to keep people engaged. So it's not a total waste of time, I guess. I think Adrian, Adrian so far from Barking Jack has a pretty successful TikTok content so far. He, uh, he posts videos like someone mispronounced Audemar Piguet. So he stitched that and this, this kid saying, uh, Look at this Audemars Piguet that I have, and he 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 stitched it in. It's Audemars Piguet. So I think those kind of watch content, but not necessarily watch geek content, is something entertaining for people. But it's also very toxic there because he he uh, posted about his explorer, and someone commented that, "Tell me you're like." Tell me that's the only that that's probably the only Rolex that you can afford, and then uh, there, there's just some some really mean people there. I think TikTok at the moment. I think one of the good things with TikTok at the moment is there's some hilarious people on there, isn't there? Some really imaginative, like future comedians that are doing some really funny little sketches and things like that. And I think that that at the moment is what it's lending itself to. It will be interesting to see whether there's anything that comes out of it that's um, like for the watch community where it becomes a real... Maybe I'll start following Adrian at Bark and Jack and, and see whether it's worth it. I know Timepiece Gentlemen also do stuff on TikTok. Well, we've discussed the, the kind of the main ones. The other one that I don't know whether you have a, a lot of experience in this, but something that I've found very rewarding recently was the Facebook 
group that we've created. I originally started off on my channel making a, a page, like a fan page, because it was linked to the YouTube channel, and nobody was really interacting with it, and I couldn't work it out for ages. And then somebody said to me, oh, what you've got to do is make a group, and then people will interact with it. And it was totally true. And I kind of built this group off originally a handful of subscribers, I just let them know, and it's really grown over time. We've got 236 members, which sounds small, but they're very, very active, and they're also mm. very good at policing themselves, and it's, this is very, it's very rewarding to see how it's grown. Have you ever had experience in Facebook groups? Is there anything that you like, or? I've joined several watch Facebook groups, I rarely post, but I do comment or like posts from other people. I just find that um, certain groups, especially the bigger ones, don't feel as welcoming. Especially since, um, I think since there are a lot of people, it's like they're more established and it's more intimidating to post something, you know? Yeah, I actually totally agree with you. The main, the bigger ones, it's funny because at that one time, the biggest one was the Urban Gentry. And then there was spin-off mm -hmm. ones that were almost, I guess, like Dogecoin or something, where they were parody versions of the Urban Gentry. But then they, in their own rights, became large watch groups. I, I, I enjoy the Urban Gentry. I think that they've maybe crossed a line my own opinion between that it's almost over sanitized they spent a lot of time trying to sanitize the group and probably with good reason trolling comments and things like that but i think to the point where it's over sanitized now so the lot of the content unfortunately is now just what watch you're wearing today or what watch would you buy for a thousand dollars or you know, the joke is the the one that you see all the time, which is, is Joma Shop legit? I know that's like a constant joke. It, it, they've, I think they've backfired on sanitizing the group that there's not really a lot of true watch discussion going on, like discussions about mm. movements or discussions about like the history of certain brands or people. Th this is what I like about our Facebook group, which people should join if they're watching this is that there's a lot of people that are knowledgeable on specific areas and they will they share a lot of new watches and learning about that and the history of them has been really rewarding for me. But you're right, I feel like a lot of the bigger watch groups now, when you join them, they're either over-sanitized like the Urban Gentry or you're right, it, it would seem intimidating, I think, as a new watch collector maybe. So I... Right now, I'm in the Scottish Watches group, uh, drinking coffee, talking watches group, um, horology talk, and Seiko Watch Club of the Philippines. And I've only posted like once or twice, but after that, I didn't post anymore. Yeah, I like the Scottish. I, I love what the Scottish Watches guys are doing. I like their and that talking coffees that's adrian's bark and jacks is it yeah i i do like the memes i enjoy the memes yes there's some great uh instagram channels isn't there with that post memes mm, mm. we've just talked about facebook we talked about instagram but let's go back to instagram 
have you got i'd love you to have you got any tips on if you're just starting out on instagram or, or maybe people that have been using it for a while okay so first thing for me at least don't mix your personal friends with your watch friends because if you have watch if you have like personal friends in your in family they're not necessarily watch people if you post watches there it's going to be seen as bragging or flexing so i would i would advise making a separate instagram account dedicated to watches and so if you have one if you start one i suggest making a name that's not like watch specific i guess because there's so many people with watch like watch in the names that it's hard to keep track of who i'm talking to because all the names are the same um so it would really help if you put like a nickname just so people will remember like if you comment on on someone's post and then they reply they reply thank you and the name that would help them remember you more uh if you see any photography challenges, try to participate in that because that's part of the fun. I mean, Instagram is for t- taking pictures. So try to participate and develop your photography skills as much as you can. Uh, it might not be as good as the other professional ones, but it's okay because, you know, we're all learning here. For the Instagram feed, which is like the get the gallery, you can try to like keep a theme, I guess, to make it more co- coherent, but you don't have to. Uh, but on your Instagram stories, that's where you can let your personality shine. Like you can post what you do in the day, uh, post about like TV shows or movies or memes that you like and try to interact with people who post stuff on their Instagram stories. So that sparks up a conversation about, um, about like common interests. So, oh yeah, there was one time I posted about like my anxiety and like my heart, like feeling weird. And then the actual doctor <laughs> messaged me saying that, um, like asked me so many questions about how I was feeling. And we concluded that, it wasn't an, an anxiety thing, but you could still see a doctor. But yeah, I mean, it was interesting to interact with people in the watch community that way. So oh, that, that was, was fun. That's funny. Don't make an Instagram account that's just reposting other people's watch shots because that's super annoying. And finally, because everyone's posting about the same hyped up watch try to recognize that it's uh, try to recognize the feeling of fomo have you if you're not familiar with the term fomo it's like fear of missing out so everyone's posting the latest rolex or or the, the tutor yeah, and blue black bay i remember that yeah definitely was try to not get try to not succumb to the feeling that oh i have to have that too or i'm not cool enough because i don't have the latest thing Try to try to stay within your budget and stand strong with what you can afford or what what is your end goal with your watch collecting. Try not to get swayed by the hype from everywhere because it's so easy to get swept away 
when everyone's posting about the same thing. So yeah, that's my watch Instagram tips. Oh, awesome. <laughs> and okay, so we've we've done had a look at Instagram there, but you've just talked I remember we chatted before and there's a new social network that I've never heard of before. It's called Clubhouse, you were telling me? Clubhouse, yes. Yeah, it's this audio-based watch, oh, sorry, not watch specific. It's this audio-based social media where people hop into rooms where people talk about different fun topics and they can join in on conversations. I, I can get you an invite if... Uh, you're interested. So back in like late January, it just started um, like inviting people because in back in January, it was invite only and each person only had like three invites and it was iPhone only. So there was this feeling of exclusivity that was exciting at that time, I guess. And since it was audio based and conversation based, People were just excited to start talking with other people again about fun stuff like watches. And, you know, it, it can be like joining a conference call for work. But this time, at least, it's, it's the, closest, the closest thing to being face-to-face -face with other people in the watch community. It's like the next best thing to a watch meetup. Watch collecting is a, a hobby that we're all very passionate about but like you said it's not it's still a very niche area so you might not interact with people in your daily life sort of face to face or socially that are into watches or if they are into it the same kind of level as you are or or as as involved in it so it, it would it would seem like a pretty cool thing just to to drop in and start chatting about watches mm -hmm. and discovering new stuff so it used to be like this there was a like a month it like in february everyone was on clubhouse all the time there were people who were on clubhouse like every waking hour that they had <laughs> and um yeah there, it was it was really exciting at that time but now i think things have mellowed out and the hype has died down and there are only a couple of surviving regular regular rooms now other people have gone back to their like normal lives we used to have a weekly room talking about fun topics like what's your favorite watch um what is your most meaningful watch or what what watch would you wear on your first date just some light topics that that people all over the spectrum of um affordable watches to luxury watches can join in on. So we used to have that, but now we stopped doing it because people are now going out and they would rather do things outside on a Sunday than hang out on, on an app, I guess, yeah. So that's why I think, that's one of the main reasons why I think it's not as um, hyped up anymore, even when it was now available on android in june do you think clubhouse is a good way of expanding the audience onto other social platforms like do people ask you about your instagram or or have, do you think you've gained followers from youtube or is it not really that type of i think i think it did help like not in the it wasn't like a massive 
like growth of followers, but it was more in the quality of connections, I guess, because um, there are, you know how how when it's just pictures and in chat, you don't really get a sense of how, I guess, trustworthy or how, you know, how, how you can connect with another person. Yeah. So it's easier to to get a better sense of the person if you talk to them using your voice. And I think like, even though I didn't get like a whole new, like a boatload of followers, just being able to connect, easier to build trust that way. Yeah, I agree. And also I think, I think that's problem with, like you said, like TikTok comments and maybe YouTube comments as well is that you're not, you're getting people who are a step away, they're behind a keyboard and they're sort of oftentimes like projecting things onto you or not things that you've said, whereas that's a lot more difficult face-to-face. And yeah, it's interesting what you say about the the followers. I always remember, I think it was a YouTube video I watched or maybe I was chatting to somebody and they, when I was around sort of a thousand YouTube subscribers, they were like, well, Actually, a thousand, if you think about it, imagine if you had to stand in front of a thousand people and do the same thing. If you were in a stadium and there was a thousand people in front of you and you were doing a watch review on online, just think about how big a deal you that would be. Same with the same with Instagram and I guess with um, with Clubhouse as well. I guess it's good practice uh, chatting to people and, and learning about different watches and stuff. Oh my gosh, every week on Clubhouse, like before... When we would do the rooms, I would be so nervous like 30 minutes before, like thinking, oh, why did we start this? Why did we do this? Like, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to do this anymore. And then when it starts, like, okay, it's fun. And then and then at the end of it, I'm like, oh, we should do this again next week. Well, there you go. There were some tips about social media. Eve, thanks so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be invited here. You're welcome on at any time. I think if... As we go into more like social media, certainly as I'm exploring it, I'm learning as well. My main audience being on YouTube. But yeah, really appreciate you coming on. Here's all the uh, Eve social media links if you want to follow her. And they're also in the description down below. Always appreciate you watching and I'll see you next time on Casual Watch Talk. Thanks, guys. Bye.